0: Hi, I'm Patrick Kagan, your host for Sales Hindsights, a conversation that combines my 30 plus years of experience with the expertise of my guests. And trust me, all of them will amaze you. Now, it's been said that hindsight is 2020 vision. So, my guests and I are charged with answering one thing for you knowing what we know now, what best practices and takeaways have the last 30 years in sales, sales management, executive leadership, and entrepreneurship provided to us that you can take with you. So enjoy the listen as we poversate for your growth. All right, so thank you for tuning into our podcast, Sales Hindsights. Just by tuning in, you are already getting ahead in the process of self-improvement. Now, during our conversation, you're going to discover that we make sales make sense. But we go beyond that. We tackle issues dealing with management, leadership, team building, self-confidence, entrepreneurship, and yep, life itself. So our goal will be to make it all make sense. And we do it with a very practical and easy to understand approach. We give you those nuggets that you carry with you each day. And when life throws a challenge your way, you're going to have the confidence to know you can reach down in your pocket, pull out that nugget, and you know exactly what to do. You're going to find almost every resource you need at our website, pksolutionsgroup.com, for you to become the best version of your own professional self. So visit PK Solutions Group today. There's also a link to my calendar in the podcast show description. So use that to set up some time with me if you find there is more you need to unpack in your professional life. And finally, I want to thank you for all the likes, shares, and follows. It makes a huge difference. It allows us to continue bringing you the great content and the great guests that join us on each conversation. So I want to welcome to our podcast today, J.M. Ryerson. J.M. has a business and a podcast called Let's Go Win. And you know me, I'm a podcast junkie. I love to listen to engaging conversations and every one of J.M.'s podcasts. I can't stop listening to he's an international speaker he's a mindset business coach but I think um, he's like a mindset business coach but more he's an author and he focuses on really helping high-performance leaders grow and what I like to say is in the short period of time I've gotten to get to know JM he really helps other uh, professionals elevate their their personal and professional impact their revenue and their whole abundance outlook in their life. So, Jay, welcome to our podcast today.
1: Hey, brother. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, kind words, man. I'm, I'm excited to be here. I love the name of your show, and it should be a lot of fun. I love sales, so.
0: Thank you, dude. Hey, listen, I I love the name of your show. Let's go win. It's such a such an empowering um, mantra. And it, it, right away, off the bat, it just implies ownership. Well, you can go out and win every single time you go out to play. So that's kind of a cool thing. Tell us a little bit about just your journey in general, um, what got you to today? All, you know, the the bumps along the way, the successes along the way, the things that, that made you who you are today. Yeah,
1: it was definitely a rocky road, man. It was a lot of fun, a lot of twists and turns. So I started out in the financial service world, and I built three companies with another gentleman, and, uh, we successfully exited two of those. Uh, we merged the other one and I ended up writing this book called let's go win keys to living your best life, which is really a book that I wrote for my kids. And I have a 16 and 13 year old now. And the whole idea was to write a book that would allow them to maybe not, you know, skin their knees as many times as I did along, the along the way. And I never actually anticipated publishing it to to the public because, you know, this was just for my boys. And the gal I was working with said, man, you're selfish. And I said, what are you talking about? I don't feel like I'm selfish. She said, if you only publish, if you only share this, excuse me, with two people, you are selfish. So, all right, lesson learned, we published. And it took me on this awesome ride, which is... Uh, immediately I had some people that asked, hey, can you help my son lose weight? And I said, yeah, I could do that. So we helped a kid lose 80 pounds. Oh, can you help uh, this pro golfer? He'd, he'd miss a bunch of cuts in a row. Sure, I can help. And he made four out of the next five and went on to have a great season. And it, it just, it's been such a fun ride working with people on living their best life. That's how the entire thing was inspired to help people live their best lives. And whether it's you know, performance, it's leadership, it's mindset. That's really the core areas we focus in. And they're just some basic, you know, tenets that we do to say, look, you can and absolutely are deserving of living your best life. Let's get a couple of these things out of the way so you can do so. So that's kind of my journey, Patrick. And and it's 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 just great, man. Every day I wake up and get to work with people on, you know, achieving their dreams. So it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it's kind of cool how the things you need to learn in life come from the lessons you learn from your kids. I mean, I've got three daughters and I could my 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 next book is probably going to be something along the lines of the everything I needed to know in life I learned from an eighth grade girl. <laughs> because honest to God, there's so much there. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about some of those tenets. I mean, it's it's, you know, really refreshing to hear that your motivation was to help your kids avoid some of the bumps along the way, although those are good lessons, right? Um, tell us maybe some of the tenets that, that you're talking about that help people live you know, their best version of their own prof- or personal and professional lives.
1: Yeah, so I actually start the book with vulnerability, which coming from a kid that's originally from Montana that was taught that boys don't cry, that's kind of a big jump here. All of a sudden, we're going to talk about vulnerability and how that's a strength. And what I really wanted my boys to know is it absolutely is because... The way I went about it, where growing up, something bad happened, I just stuff it way down, keep stuffing it down, and then have this volcanic burst of anger or whatever it came out as. That's not exactly ideal in terms of showing up as the best version of being a dad, of being a uh, employer and being an employee, whatever hat you're wearing. So that's one of them is, is starting with that. You know, as I think through the book or some of the things I coach people on, we talk a lot about having fun along the way. So, for instance, I, I mentioned the PGA golfer. The only question I really asked him in the beginning was, why did you start playing golf? Oh, it was fun. I loved it. I said, well, is it fun now? Are you loving it? He's like, no, it sucks, man. This This is not fun at all. Well, that simple idea, I said, why don't you just go out and have fun and just get back to being a kid? And sure enough, like I said, he made four out of the next five cuts. And Next year, he's top 50 in the world because he remembered to go back to the basics. Mm-hmm. And all of this takes courage. And that's the one thing of, that I've learned as a coach is, look, it takes courage to do any of these things. And early on, Patrick, I was always trying to change people to help them change. People don't like change. I've mm. accepted that. But what I have learned is people love to be upgraded. Mm -hmm. And so instead of changing anyone, let's upgrade. Let's Mm. upgrade your thinking a little bit. Let's upgrade your health a little bit. Let's upgrade, you know, whatever thing we need to work on. You're so used to upgrading our cell phones like every year. You love when you get upgraded when you go to the airplane. You love when you get a new rental car that's an upgrade. So why don't we just upgrade ourselves? And so those basic tenants are are what we work on is let's upgrade what who you are just a little bit Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you're not a bad person today it just means can we get a little bit better today and let's upgrade
0: you know people who listen to this are going to say well i mean that sounds simple that's like getting back to you know have fun play like a kid take a deep breath and yes it absolutely sounds simple what have you found that makes it so difficult for folks to take the first step you know saying, you know, be vulnerable, it's okay to cry. Like you said, that's buried deep down, people won't go there, or they'll have an outburst. What is it that sounds simple, but really makes it difficult?
1: Uh, Conditioning is the big one, like you just said, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't happen overnight, where I went from learning, you know, years, 40s, you know, whatever, I guess I would have been about mid 30s, where I finally realized how impactful vulnerability was. But it, it it's getting out of your own way. Mm-hmm. You know, I was working with two clients this morning and my second book is called champions daily playbook. And the reason that's important is that's the basic. When I hand that book over, that's what I'm coaching on is just do this for 90 days straight. <laughs> well, I had two clients this morning that literally they have not been able to do this simple thing that takes about five minutes to pour into themselves for more than 10 days in a row. Uh And I had to ask them each a question. uh, Why is it that you're not willing to invest in yourself? I see how selfless you are with your kids. I see how selfless you are with your job, with the house, your husband, your name, a, a, a thing that you're, that you're selfless about, but yet you won't take a little time for yourself. And that's really what I noticed. Patrick gets in the way over and over again is people don't realize the investment that will always pay you dividends is when you invest in yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you would please be a little selfish and just pour into yourself so you can then show up as the best salesperson as the best mom as the best dad or whatever hat you're wearing. But it's funny, man, It to get people to realize that they're being really selfish by not taking care of themselves first. Mm-hmm. It's actually, you know, you be selfish, take care of yourself so you can be selfless. Yeah. And that lesson gets kind of across, sky's the limit, and now we can start to attack things.
0: Yeah, you know what I find, too? I love what you're saying because here's what I find. I find that um, people I work with, people I just it may not even be a client of mine, someone I just engage with they have no problem compartmentalizing their role. I'm I'm the chief executive officer. I'm the sales manager. I'm the dad. I'm the mom. I'm the uncle, whatever. You can compartmentalize the role. But you mentioned the hats you wear. People cannot compartmentalize the hats they've worn in their life. So every hat you've ever worn, you drag with you. It's that mental baggage. And I think people can't shut off the switch. I'm in this compartment now. I'm in that compartment now when it comes to what gets them in their own way is themselves, their own history, not the role they're playing at that particular time. I mean, would you, would you agree with that?
1: Thousand percent. You know, what's interesting too, is when you talk about, I know sales is a big focus of the show. What you said is so key for salespeople. I, I coached for years on this idea. Every time you walk through a door, you're either bringing momentum and some positive or you're bringing some of that negative baggage from the previous no sale, whatever sales call that didn't go well. And so one of the things that I teach, Patrick, is really to find your trigger so that you can show up in your best possible version every single time. And it's fascinating how often I say, so what triggers do you have? And people are like, I don't know. And normally they'll be able to tell you all the negative ones. Well, I'm actually looking for the positive ones as well. Uh So we can avoid the negative triggers and then whether it's reading the Bible or listening to music or, you know, clapping your hands really loud, it doesn't matter what your trigger is. Find that so that you can immediately get back in that optimal state. And for sales professionals, if you want to really succeed, it's being able to repeat that again and again and again, so that the first sales call of that that week to the hundredth of that week, you're going to show up as the best version of you every single time. And it's kind of the same in life, finding those triggers so that you can show up as, the, again, I'm tired, I'm coming home from work, it's been a long day. Well, you mentioned you have three daughters. You want to show up as the best dad you can. Mm-hmm. How are you going to do that? What trigger are you going to find so that you're present? You're really in the moment with them versus being on your cell phone, tired, putting on the TV, having a beer, whatever you know we normally do when we get tired. It's like, no, man, I want to be with my kids because guess what? My kid's already 16. Mm-hmm. He's going to be out into college before I know it. I want every moment I can with mm-hmm. him. I don't want to show up tired. I want to be my best, my best version of me.
0: Yeah, and you know, um, I, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, I use the word podcast junkie. And, and that's not something that um, has always been that way for me. Um, but what I've found is when I listen to engaging conversations, my mind explodes with new ideas myself. And you talked about um, the triggers. I, I always tell people, you know, your energy introduces you long before you walk into that room. And so what I try to do is I try to pay attention. This is a conscious effort I make. I try to pay attention to the energy I'm feeling and recognize like when I feel, when someone's saying something disagreeable to me and I can feel I'm getting tense, I recognize they're saying something, I'm I'm reminding myself, they're saying something that I don't agree with. Let me listen more actively to their side of it because I'm not really understanding it. Now, what I do to, to, I call it pre-triggering, I pop in a podcast. I might have one of your shows and you said something and I go, wow, that made me feel like I could do this. So it's very easy for me to tell, you know, Alexa or Siri or whatever when I'm driving to play that particular segment from your show and listen to it before I walk into a room. I try to set myself up to succeed. And I think that's a really important thing. And I know that. you have a big emphasis on, you know, performance and leadership and mindset. And I think I agree. I think the three are one braid that form, you know, a, a professional and a personal DNA. I mean, tell us what you've learned about how when you change mindset, you can change outcomes.
1: Yeah, your mindset really is going to determine whether you succeed or fail at the, the long and the short of all of this is, look, the quote from Henry Ford from years ago, whether you think you can or can't. You're right. It's like it's the most profound, simple sentence there is, because if you think you're going to fail, you are absolutely correct. If you think you're going to succeed, you're also correct. And here's what's beautiful about that. Once you accept that, that you are in complete control of your outcome. Now, all of the pressure actually gets taken off of my opinion, because, look, I just need to show up as the best version of me. It's not on them. It's actually 100% whether I show up, they're going to move forward, or if I don't show up in the right way, they're not. So it takes out a variable of it's the market, it's uh, whether you know it's a good time, whether it fits into their – no, it, they're buying you so we're clear. Mm-hmm. And so if you can accept the fact that whether you think you can or can't, you're right – You are going to succeed. And now, like you said, Patrick, feed yourself the positive podcasts, the reading, the, you know, whatever that gets you to that optimal state and everybody's different, but feed your mindset, that positivity. It's funny how often I have clients that'll complain about how bad social media is. And I'll say, okay, cool. Let's, let's go through this. Tell me what's on your feet. And of course it's something political or it's haphazard, they haven't really you know, paid attention to what it is. I'm like, why don't you put in you know, mental wellness? Why don't you put in uh, inspiring? Why don't you put in motivational speech? Put these into your filter, and now let's see how bad social media is. Mm-hmm. You can actually completely dictate what that looks like and what you're feeding to yourself if social media is your thing. And for most people, it is a natural part of their life but what are you choosing to have on your feed? Mm-hmm. Because it is your choice. It is not the algorithm's choice. It's the way that you've been looking at whatever is interesting to you. Well, is it supporting what you're doing or is it not? And that's a question I constantly have people ask, how am I showing up today? Is that supporting my goals? And if not, can we make a change? Can we make an upgrade? Mm-hmm. And through some simple you know, tricks and tips, you can easily make that now a weapon to help you show up as the best version of you, because there's amazing videos out there mm-hmm. that are very inspiring.
0: Well, and social media is a great microcosm of free will, and and forget social media for a minute. Just think of doing an online search for a product. Let's say you were looking for tennis shoes, right? Then isn't it amazing how every single device you own serves ads that have to do with tennis shoes? So you know you you draw you attract to yourself the things that you are looking for you become what you think about you are what you talk about and so to me that's free will you will the world around you and it's amazing you could literally will happily ever after in my book i have a chapter called happily ever after is a sales strategy and it is and it's it's a fun chapter to go through and go wow you know what It's a strategy. It's a it's a place I'm trying to get to. Now that's different than tactics, which are how I get there. And and I love, you know, the things you're saying. Like when you ask people to to pre-feed themselves the positive reinforcements. So you brought up social media, and I wanted to ask you, in your experience, you know, you talk to a lot of top executives, and there's a lot of qualities you see that that make them distinguished as effective. Right. And I always try to draw the line between manager or leader. So let's talk leadership. And I'd like to know what are the top qualities you see as effective leaders? But then how does social media change, influence or impact their leadership qualities?
1: Yeah, I love this question because and I've written a couple of different articles because effective leaders do share similar qualities. One is humility. The moment as a leader, if you forget that it's not about you, you've already lost and you'll see it time and time again where a leader starts reading his or her press and thinks it's all about them. Well, you've lost your team and uh, and it may not start right away, but it, it'll happen pretty quickly. You're going to go down. So humility is a huge one. Having confidence is is a huge part in both your decisions and your team's decisions Um, And having the courage to actually see these through. Now, to your point with social media, it is fascinating as I talk to various executives how they use social media or don't at all. I was just actually talking to a gentleman last night, pretty successful executive, that he does not do any social media outside of LinkedIn. And I said, why? Well, I was going down a rabbit hole of negativity. So to your point, It was free will and it is a choice, but he found that he lacked discipline to not go down whatever rabbit hole it was. And so I think it's really important that we're intentional about what we are going to feed ourselves. And that comes to our our, not only our, our body, but to our mind as well. What are you intentionally feeding yourself? Is it really supporting what you want? you know, your story to be. And so social media is it's it's just a fascinating platform. For instance, I love TikTok. I'm not a big social media guy, believe it or not. My wife is 10 times the Facebook user, maybe a thousand times more than I am. But for whatever reason, TikTok, because they're short videos and I feel I can I can really kind of relate to someone for a moment, I really like that. And there's not a lot of extra stuff going on, not a lot of text. And so when I built my filters in, I find myself, once I go through my morning routine, all right, now that I've got through it all, I want to just see three quick videos from TikTok, and how does it make me feel? Because it's a constant question I want to ask myself. Does it make me feel good? If it does, keep doing it. If it doesn't, let's take it out. And it's kind of become that simple for me.
0: Yeah, and I think that's uh, great tips. You, You had a lot of words of wisdom there. Because you're, again, you're preconditioning and you're a smart guy. You say, how does it make me feel? And that's, and again, it's not a selfish question. I mean, if you, if you, I used to tell people, if you look good, you feel good. If you feel good, you do good. So dress up for success, you know, that old dress for success idea. But it has something to do with your mindset. Um, and, and you, you know, you, you look the part, you feel the part. Same thing happens with social media. And I find that. Uh, The same qualities where you you start with humility, you're there to serve, and when you you realize that, then you can get better results through other folks. But think about the boss you have who enters the room and you're like, oh, this is going to be a bad day. You can just tell by their mood because leadership is really commanding respect, not demanding respect. It's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to be in a bad mood. And it's okay to tell your, your team, I'm in a shitty mood today. You know, I am not feeling really creative and productive. I, I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to watch a TikTok video, you know, be a real person. And, and that's part of the servitude, I think, that comes with the leadership and the mindset. Um, are, there, are there top qualities that you see that you think um, all leaders share regardless of social media? Just they, they have these three qualities or these two or this one besides humility?
1: they all have a growth mindset. Uh, it's, you know, Carol Dweck wrote that brilliant book mindset and she put a name to what we all really needed to know, like getting better every single day, not resting on our laurels, not thinking we know it all. And there's a, uh, J- the Japanese culture has talked about this for years. It's called Kaizen. And it's the same idea getting better every day. Mm-hmm. Uh so that is a hundred percent. And you know the other thing that I found, Patrick. Now this is starting to wean a bit, but I found that all successful leaders read. Hmm. It it's not necessarily a, a, a you know a physical you know attribute that but they all read. Hmm. It's it's common thread. And I used to say that for years. It doesn't matter if they're tall or short or man or woman or you know big or small, or none of that stuff matters. They all read. Uh And I think that's because they get a different perspective, which again, to me goes back to the growth mindset. So Uh yeah, man, having humility, growth mindset, and again, courage, the courage to have that tough conversation, the courage to have the loving conversation and the courage to just be you. Uh It's that's the most authentic, uh, when you're truly authentic, you will have people follow you. Mm. But if they see that you're even a little bit of a fraud, or you're not truly who you said you are, mm. they're not. You're going to be on a walk all by yourself. Yeah. And and that's not a great leader. So the more you can show up, and I'm speaking from experience, because the first company and about a half that I that I was the owner of, I wasn't. I wasn't truly myself, and we grew. But it was through a lot of work, a lot of really, really hard times. Once I learned to just be me, it's amazing how much more we grew and how easy it was.
0: Yeah. I remember I was 17 years old. I was in the United States Infantry. And chain of command ripped up all the folks who were in charge who were ahead of me. I was I was the you know middle to the bottom of the totem pole. I didn't really think that in a, flat, a blink of an eye, I'm in charge because other folks were were wiped out. And when I, when it became my turn to be in charge, because that, you know, it, you know, it all rolled downhill to me and there was no one left in front of me. What I think was a valuable lesson I learned is that my troops respected the fact that I did have a fear of what was unknown that lied ahead, but I was more afraid of just sitting still and letting something happen to us. And so it's okay to be fearful, but you can't let it be paralyzing. And I, and I love what you just said about that because that is authentic. I mean, emotions are authentic. If you're afraid, be afraid, but embrace your team. Lean on your team. They like that and they, they respect that. And, and I think that goes a long way. Um, I want to talk to you about the whole idea that you know we all went through this pandemic and the, the social distancing and the stay-at-home work environment and we had to chug along and make our economy work and keep our jobs. And I want to hear from you, I guess, what some advantages are, you think, for leaders that came out of going through that. That's nothing different than an economic swing up or down. But I'd love to hear your perspective on what are some advantages really good leaders took advantage of and learned from from that experience.
1: Yeah, uh, we really became a global economy with, with that pandemic happening. And I know it hasn't exploded overnight, but if you think about it, how often now are you on a Zoom with somebody, you know, halfway around the world? Right. That wasn't all that prevalent prior. I mean, yes, it did happen with some of the bigger companies. Some consultants would do it, but that's now a phenomenon, if you will. It's something that every company does. So that's a huge, huge feather in our cap is the ability to connect with people that. Normally you wouldn't, I'm not normally on the phone or zoom with somebody in New Zealand or somebody in, I was just on with somebody in Singapore the other day. And now I'm, I did a training with somebody in Spain. That was one of the greatest things that came out of it. Mm -hmm. Now, I think it also made leaders realize how important, uh, the emotional part of being together was, Uh I think. We took advantage of the fact that we could connect this way, and then we realized it's not the same as it is in person. Uh-huh. And so it, it is there. It's it's like you won on both sides because now we can connect, but it also made us realize, man, I really need to see Patrick face to face because you know what? I genuinely care about Patrick. I know about his family. I can't quite do the same through a screen as I can if you're having a bad day and to truly give you a hug, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's so many great things that came from the pandemic and I know it was a weird and kind of scary time for a lot of folks. Um, But truly there was a lot of great things and there's some really nasty stuff that's come out and we're seeing that with some of the, the mental health challenges you're, you're seeing it's not ideal for human beings to isolate. You know, we really are, we're energetic beings Energy, like you talked about, moving forward, that creates energy. Being around others, that creates energy. We lacked so much of that during the pandemic. And now getting back out there, you know, as it's been over the last year or so, I think people appreciate that far more than they did. And it's given us a level of perspective that I think was needed.
0: I agree. And I, for myself personally, I always try to prepare for conversations and meetings and everything else. And I found myself getting better at that um, because you couldn't interact. You couldn't look around someone's office and chit chat. And, and sometimes you might have 20 people or you have um, technology problems and you have to still find ways to communicate. <laughs> and so the preparation skills just for the the hard skills, the soft skills themselves, I think it also puts you in a position to um, fine tune your listening skills because the nonverbals aren't always there for you to lean on. So you have to listen with more empathy and and more authenticity. Um, The last thing I wanted to ask you is, you know, we're talking about leadership and we're talking about vision and mindset, and that's really good. And I find that uh, leaders who practice the art of refining their clarity of vision uh, usually last a long time. So I was wondering if you had one or two attributes that you think are most important for leaders to constantly be sharpening in terms of clarity? What should they, you know, it shouldn't be something new all the time, or maybe it should, but if there's one or two that maybe you think for our listeners, if you're gonna work on clarity, work on these things.
1: Yeah, constantly asking questions is such an important thing for a leader to do. So I'm a huge uh, proponent of journaling. It's a huge part of my life. I do it every single day because it allows me to ask proper questions i.e. how am i showing up as a leader how was my the two questions i ask every single day patrick that uh, anybody can implement immediately is how is my activity and how's my attitude because it's the two things you're in complete control of mm-hmm. no one can dictate how much activity you do no one can dictate how much uh, your how great your attitude is only you can do that and so constantly asking that. But specific to vision, as a leader, why are we doing this? Is this serving the business, the clients, our 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 goal, where we're going? And asking that question constantly, because when you start getting in a bigger company, you put in a policy at some point, and then maybe that policy is now starting to hinder. The initial intent and purpose, which is to serve your client's best needs. And as rapidly as technology changes, I think we have to ask this frequently. Is this the right thing for our clients? Is this the right thing for the business? Is the vision big enough that everyone's vision can fit inside of it? Because if it doesn't, they won't be with you very long as a leader. Mm -hmm. If my vision isn't cast big enough that Joe, who's on my team, His vision can't fit inside of it. He won't be with me very long. And I realized that a long time ago. So constantly honing that vision, constantly repeating that um, is so important because if you think you say it one time and people are like, oh, I know the vision. I know where we're going. I promise you that's not the case. You need to repeat it again and again and again. And actually, Patrick, I do it in every single meeting. This is who we are. This is where we're going. This is how we behave. And you would think it would become redundant, but really people appreciate knowing exactly how to behave, how to show up, and where we're going. So now we have clarity, now we have expectations, and now I don't have to wonder about, am I doing a good job or am I not?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, his name is J.M. Ryerson. He is what I call a sponsor of Let's Go Win Mindset. He lives by Show Up as You, and he really lives the idea that mindset matters. J.M., is there anything that you have going on that maybe our listeners, if they want to get more time with you or take advantage of some of your programs or just connect, what's the best way to get more from you?
1: You know, brother, I I think what you said earlier in the show is the the let's go win podcast. It's my favorite thing I do every single day. And any of my clients hearing this right now, it's not that I don't love coaching you. Let's be clear. (laughs) But I have different energy when it comes to podcasting. I love this and so I would ask everybody here go check out Let's Go Win podcast and then share it. That's 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 probably the fastest way that I can impact people because there's amazing guests. Like I know you and I tried to do one early and we'll we'll get it back on the books. But you're gonna hear guests like Patrick. You're gonna hear guests like uh, there's a guy amazing dentist, the Bill Dorfman. There's so many good guests. So I would say there is the one place. I would say go to Let's Go Win podcast. You go to Let's Go In website. There's all sorts of free stuff for you, articles and, and and things that you can have for free. And there's courses you can buy. But I would love for everyone listening to go to Let's Go Win podcast because I'm passionate about it.
0: Well, you are passionate. And like I said, people can, can preset their mindset with that podcast um, and put it on one of their favorites. And I encourage everyone, make it your favorite. Listen to it. Listen to ten minutes and before you go into a big meeting, and you're going to go in with a different energy. So, Jam, you've been a fantastic guest. I've loved having you. I can't wait till we connect next time when I'm on your show. Um, Thanks again for being part of the podcast, and we will talk to you next time. So that's it for this time. I hope you enjoyed listening to the conversation as much as I enjoyed participating in it. Every person. Every business needs some help. Take the first step in your own world. Go to the show description, use the link to my calendar, and set up your own one on one time with me, or go to pksolutionsgroup.com for all your bonus resources. We all have choices, and I'm here waiting when you finally choose a different way, a better way. Until then, let me leave you with some wisdom. From one of my favorite musical groups, Rascal Flats. Simply put, my wish for you is that your life becomes all that you want it to be.